Hey, everybody. Episode number two of the Dritter Podcast is brought to you by Clark's Cookout. If you go on Facebook, you can look Clark's Cookout's information. There you can see his times, which is 11 to 7, on Tuesday through Saturday. You can see his menu, which is full of good, scrumptious food. I went in there a few months ago, and I purchased a uh, brisket sandwich with macaroni on it, and it's not keto, <laughs> but it was so good. I ate, and I didn't even have to eat supper that night. It was so good. And But anyway, check it out. Clark's Cookout, you can check out what they have on the, on the Facebook page. The address is 206 Shirley. If you are familiar with Derrida, you probably already know where it is, but you may be wondering, where can I eat lunch or supper tonight? Have you tried Clark's Cookout? As long as it's on Tuesday through Saturday, he's open between 11 and 7. So go check him out, Clark's Cookout. Also, do you have a piece of jewelry that needs to be fixed? A piece of jewelry that needs to be resized? Or maybe even one that needs to be cleaned? Or maybe you have a diamond that's loose on a ring, and it's an important ring, and you're afraid to wear it because the diamond is loose, or that something's all messed up and you're just afraid to wear it. But... You don't want to go to Lake Charles and then hand it to them and then have to drive all the way back to the Derrida and then go back down there to get it. And I understand that. You don't want to do that with a family heirloom or something that's very valuable to you. Well, well then you're in luck because in town, in Derrida, there's a place called Country Time Jewelry Repair. And Miss Connie can take care of all of those things I just talked about. She can clean it. She can resize it. She can help reset diamonds and, and gems and all those things that are needed in your jewelry. And she can do all kinds of things. And what's nice is that when she takes your jewelry, it stays in town. It does not go anywhere. It doesn't get shipped off to California or to New York to be dealt with. She takes care of it right here. And for the most part, she can take care of it and have it back to you the next day. Unless there's some special stuff that you have to do, and it may take a couple extra days. Well, that just takes that's just the way it is. We understand that. But anyway, if you go on the Facebook and you look up Country Time Jewelry Repair and check her out. She's open on Monday through Thursdays, and you can give her a call, and it's all that information is right there. I just wanted you to know that she's here and someone that's in town, which is great. So check her out. Miss Connie at Country Time Jewelry Repair. Today's episode is number two, and today we explain why it has been so long since we've been in the studio, and we also explain that we have a studio and where it come from and understanding the difference between last episode and this one and why it has been so long since we've been in here, and uh, we kind of get into that. Also, we have an active duty military army guy in town who's been here for a couple years who's getting ready to move to South Carolina. The army's moving him out there. And he's a good friend of mine. I've spent a lot of time with him, and I wanted to get him in here to kind of give a perspective of what Derrida's like through the lens of an active-duty military person. So, without any further ado, let's get into this episode.
Hey everybody, um, today it has it has been a long time. It has been since June 5th of 2020, and it is the Thanksgiving week of 2021, so it has been a while. And we sit down with, uh, last time with Wes Clark at Clark's Cookouts, and uh, I had these great ideas of starting this podcast and, and uh, doing this, and a lot of stuff has happened, and... You know, if you're in Derritter and you're from Derritter, you understand that a lot of stuff has happened and and you get it. So I haven't left, or the idea of the Derritter podcast has never really left my mind, but it's kind of morphed some, and it was recent that a kid reached out to me and asked if I was going to do anything with it, because I think he's trying to do something, and I was like, well, yeah, I still want to do something, but now I'm like, now I'm super motivated to get this going, so... But uh, today I have a friend of mine with me. Um, was it Staff Sergeant? Sergeant First Class. Sergeant First Class. Uh, Sergeant First Class, Tim Perko, United States Army, and uh, he's active duty. I met him at church, and he's a podcaster, and I'm a podcaster, and so I said um, I would really like to do kind of a an example or an explanation of why it's been so long and do a podcast, and I thought, well, <clears throat> on my other podcast – I used Tim to do that one. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, you know, Tim, why don't you come over and do this, like, you know, on the the, the Derritter podcast. And so thank you for being here. Mm. No, it's always a pleasure. And uh, really hope to, to uh, through this episode, hopefully we can, one, talk about why it hasn't been on so long, because I was really excited when you first started it. And then two, give reasons why military people that are moving to this area to get stationed at the Fort Polk area, why they can look at DeRitter as a place that they could come and live and then pretty much talk about it from a military perspective on how you would view somewhere like DeRitter. Yeah, because this is a... I have every intention of making this a historical deal, too, so we want to get through the history, but this young guy reached out to me and uh, asked about doing it, and so he and I have been corresponding, and I've never actually met him in person, but I've talked to him a lot, and he he's busy, and so he's going to hop in at some point with me uh, I hope I hope to have somebody else in here, and he's wanting to do more of like current events. Which, hey, let's do it. You know, it can, mm-hmm. this can be an information thing as well. I don't it can be in all things Deritter. Yeah, I mean, who knows what this can turn into? And history, and not, events, <laughs> things that are going on inside a town that maybe some people just don't know about. Yeah, I'm not trying to put a label. Uh, well, I put a label on it, but I'm not trying to lock it in stone because I don't want to do that because it. My, you know me, I'm I'm all about just following where it goes and, st- and see how it is and whatnot. So the last episode we did, if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to the first episode at some point. Um, I don't think it's necessary that you listen to it uh, before this one. It's not like that. But we did that on, like I said, June 5th of 2020. We did it in the uh, back porch area of Clark's Cookout, which is one of our presenting sponsors here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Wes and I have known each other for a long time, so it was a lot of fun sitting there. And I actually went back and listened to it the other day to make sure that I didn't say a lot of the same things, you know. <laughs> I don't want to, because if you're listening to him in order, like, yeah, he said that last time, you know. So I'm trying to figure this stuff out. But uh, <clears throat> so then I worked with a company here, you know, in Rose Pine here in town called RES. I build power lines for a living. And uh, so uh, I'm not exactly sure when, but it was in July. We we went on a hurricane to Florida yep. that wound up chasing us all the way 
or we chased it all the way to New York and worked there. And uh, man, right at the same time as you were moving houses. Yes, and then I moved. Yeah, I got all that to talk about too. I got that in there. Um, and so we wound up going to New York and um, working, which is awesome because on that trip I got to knock out like five states I'd never been to because I'd never been to New York or New Jersey. I'd never been to Pennsylvania or or West Virginia. And I went through those, which and uh, also Delaware was on the knocked that off on the states yeah. list. And and people will say, hey, if all you did was drive through it, it don't count. But the way I look at it is, if I can get a speeding ticket for being there, then it should <laughs> count. You know, like if if I got stopped and got a ticket and then had to pay that ticket, then I would say that I've been there because I got a ticket. I know my wife and I, since we are in the military, we always move and we got to drive across the country. We always say, if our feet touch ground there. Then it's official. We've been in that state. Well, I, you can get pulled over without your feet touching ground. So. Oh, that's true too. I mean, it's 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 a uh, subjective. It's not an yeah. objective truth. That's for well, sure. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, went to Isaias and made the trip back, and I started a new job, and uh, I now work with Burgard Electric as a lineman. Uh, I'm an apprentice. I'm working my way up through it. I started that job on the 17th of August. Mm, getting into some crazy dates here. So anyway, I started um, at Beauregard on the 17th of, uh, of uh, August. And then on the 27th of August, we had this little, uh, what was it called? Hurricane? Yeah. Yeah, little. <laughs> little, yeah. right. Uh, category. Was it four? I think it was technically so it, four. It was four when it hit. It was borderline five. It was only a few miles an hour underneath to yeah. hit category five. But then, they, then they're apparently trying to downgrade it to a three and so it, I, without what, getting into all of that it when was, it went it over insane. to Ritter it was a, a solid three yeah I just remember because I was up it all went night right over my it. house my new house I didn't know what was it I sent uh, I was out at work and of course being around linemen you know you don't know what you're getting into and some people freak out about anything and some people can be calm but there's this one guy there that I work with who seems like he's the kind of guy that can stay calm and he kind of looked at us and said listen this is gonna be bad and then they said category four. The minute they said category four, I walked around, walked away, called my wife, said, Y'all gotta get out of here. So they left, went to San Antonio. And uh and then so the hurricane hit. And I think we worked personally, you know, in my group, which is pretty much everybody, we were like thirty eight days straight. Oh, yeah. I mean I it saw you the day after the storm, you pulled up to my house. <laughs> um we were driving around helping people out and then Immediately following, you were at work the next day, and I didn't see you for what about forty days straight. Yeah, it was thirty-eight. Like, yeah, but I might not have come around at all. But if but you then, didn't know what we're doing, by the way, we're giving you reasons why this podcast yeah. has been delayed so long. <laughs> yeah, and so then we, um, but in that whole time, I moved houses, and I'm and and a lot of stuff happened, and we thought, hey, this is over, and we're back to semi-normal, and then you know, I think it was like ten days later after. We got off of that thirty-eight day straight deal. It might have, might not even been ten days when Delta hit. Yeah, but it was six weeks in between. I remember my wife and I were talking about it this last year. Well, Delta hit on October 9th. I just look, I had to look it up to get the actual date. And um, well, that storm was different because it was wet. You know, there's a lot of water. And for that, the first storm, they had me and a bunch of young apprentices running around doing little piddle stuff and keeping us busy. But also, we were doing a lot of stuff. But it was easy to say, hey, you, you four go here, do this, and then they would find something else for us to do, and we'd go. They'd finish the job, call in. Okay, go do this and finish the job, call in, do that. And uh, 
I mean, those sixteen-hour days was getting kind of rough there toward the end. But I then, when Delta hit, they sent me with uh, one of the foremen, and we worked uh, a circuit down in Kinder, and uh, it was with a group from Alabama. It was, man, them dudes was fun. <laughs> I had so much fun with them guys. And as a contractor for those years, I was the one going and working with bird dogs and running around doing different stuff. And then for me to be the one at that's bird dogging. It was such a huge shift in what Define I define bird dogging. For okay, the bird dogging is the, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Um, the bird dog is the guy. Like you take uh, a crew from you know Waco, Texas, and they come here and they help, and they they may work the entirety of just for example, they may work the entire Graybo line, whatever that line is. They may work that line, so they don't know all of the details, all of the stuff. So there's someone who will be from a cooperative or from a power company who is assigned to that line and they'll and they'll set up get their material and stuff like that and all that kind of stuff so bird dogging is and what stinks is you're not actually like climbing and like swinging and, and hammering and stuff because you're doing all the the gopher stuff and but when you for four years have been the guy that's doing all that it's, it felt so weird and but we had a good time and had to wait on all that water to recede and mm-hmm. once it receded, we were able to to knock out some stuff and had a good time with that. So we come off Delta, and I didn't because we moved. One of the awesome things about the new house is that uh, there was a garage, and in the back of the garage was a room, and I was going to convert that back room into a studio so that I could do these podcasts without having the kids and the noise and the dogs and the traffic and all that kind of stuff. So it took me a while to build this up the way I wanted it, the way I needed it. Yeah, so it took me a little while to put this room the way I wanted it. And it's still not fully finished, but it's recordable. So let's get in here and record some stuff. And with the other podcast, with the church-based podcast we did, it was in, it was important for me to get that stuff back out. But I don't want to neglect this one too because I love this one as well. You know, let's get this one going because let's help Deritter. Let's do what we can to to just talk about it and have a good time. And uh, absolutely. And there's a lot of op- There's a lot of opportunities here, and a lot of different things. So New Year's hit. And then I don't I don't have the date, but we had an ice storm. Yeah. And if you're from Ohio originally, so <laughs> how is the a Louisiana southern ice storm to someone who's used to snow? So ice storm is on a completely different level because up where I'm from by the Great Lakes, we get lake effect snow. I, me specifically live by Lake Erie. It would make its own weather and just dump, you know, six feet of snow in one night. And I'm not exaggerating with those numbers. And it'd dump all that snow on you. But the thing was, is there wasn't really any ice that you had to worry about. Unless the random times where the snow melts because yeah. it gets warm. And then all of a sudden drops back down and then it refreezes over. But that was rare. Uh, when I noticed when I moved down south, specifically the first time I ever felt it was Oklahoma. And then down here in Louisiana was the second time. The, the ice storm is honestly worse. I'd rather drive in the snowstorm than I would in the ice storm. Yeah. Just simply because... Snow, okay, you can get through. You might slip and slide a little bit. Ice, no, there's there's no playing around on ice, not at least in my so that, opinion. That day that it started, you know, doing power lines, that means the, the night's going to be fun. And I was on call that night. And me and my partner, were, or a call partner, were, uh, I think I got called out at like 6. And I didn't go home until like 8 o'clock the next morning. Was that all night? And that was the night that it dropped down to like, I don't know, it was like, I think, some people say 10, 9, 9, 10 degrees or whatever. The thermometer on the truck said 12. And I know the wind chill was way lower than that. And I'm up in a bucket and the wind's blowing and 
And I'm like, I'm I'm normally pretty warm natured. Like I didn't wear a jacket today, even you know everybody's walking around a jacket, but I, well, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> no, it was definitely cold. cold. And I know my work. They uh, if you're military and you happen to be listening to this, uh, Fort Polk, they don't mess around when it comes to ice. They cancel work right away. <laughs> uh, only essential personnel only, and I was not deemed essential since I work at Ops Group JRTC. We didn't have a rotation right. going on. So I got to stay at home for pretty much a week because it lasted around that long where the ice was on the roads simply because everyone from here from Louisiana knows that, you know, you just don't have salt trucks down here. No. You don't have snow plows. So it's yeah. pretty hard to get rid of that ice once it's built up until the temperature starts going back up. Right. And then was so that one night we went to Lee or Nulano was coming back through right there where uh, through Pickering South. Uh, we're through the red light at Highway 10. It goes straight a little bit, then it starts making that swooping curve to the right and uphill. And that was just a solid sheet of ice. And that's so crazy to think about. Like, we're in Louisiana, and there's a solid sheet of ice. And we're, I mean, we're not just in Louisiana. We're in southwest Louisiana. You know, there's it's not that far to the coast. And, and to think that it was that cold. And I'm okay with it because I like cold because I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina, North Georgia. And, uh, Northeast Georgia. Yeah, so. it don't bother me as long as I got, which I was really appreciative that at first when I first moved down here, I saw I had a fireplace in my house that I'm renting, <laughs> and I'm like, why do you need a fireplace in yeah. Louisiana? Uh, and it gets, you know, that, don't get me wrong, it gets cold some nights here, but not nearly enough to where I deem worthy of lighting up the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, the only time I used it was during that ice storm. <laughs> I had that fireplace cranking 24-7, thanks to all the wood that I had yeah, from right. Hurricane Laura, too, and all my downed trees. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. There was a lot of that. He had an ample amount of firewood for that. So uh, we could spend forever talking about why it's been so long, but uh, and I'm sure there'll be more episodes getting into that and explaining all that. But I asked him to be a part of this because of his military experience. And and um, so real quick, um, I'm here in Louisiana because of the Navy. I met my wife, Christina, uh, in the Navy. And she's from Deritter. And after some quite a few years of living away in California and and then in Georgia, North Carolina for a while, we moved here in 2011. And uh, and my father-in-law and, and all of them still live here. He retired Army, I think, 92, 93. And they still live here. And um, there's a lot of people who, when you talk to them and they're from Deritter, they're only like second generation, maybe first generation born, but their family is from, you know, like the lady at church who's, you start talking to her and you realize she's from Pennsylvania. Like, what? I didn't know you like, it's so crazy. But like, a lot of people are here because of the military. And it in church, it's very rare to see active duty, you know, as much, which is a different episode altogether on a different podcast. But um, it, it's, it's interesting to see the dynamic of, the enlisted active duty versus retired. You know, there's a lot of retired people here, but Leesville tends to be more of where the enlisted people live, and Deritter seems to be more where the retired people live. So I can Have give a little that? perspective on that. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, I mean, here's just my mini story, I guess, in a way of when we were moving down here. So we were coming from JBLM, that's uh, Fort, formerly known as Fort Lewis, Washington. And we were moving down here. This was our first time coming down here. My wife and I, at this point, I think we were in for about 15 years. So we, we, we've been around the block. We understand how moves go. So we did our homework, and we started looking online, researching about the area. Right away, we 
this this was when Fort Polk was going through what we always call the the great Fort Polk housing crisis, where essentially what was going on on Polk, and this should be old news if you were paying attention to any of it, and especially military, but houses were being found with black mold. Uh, they were falling apart. They were decrepit. Water was coming out super brown, dirty, nasty. So there was just a whole bunch of issues with houses. And, and especially, what year is this? This was around 20, 2019. Okay. So this was 2019 and early 2019, late 2018. And all these issues were happening with housing all over Fort Polk. And it was a big sign for us to be like, okay, we do not want to stay in housing. Because sometimes right. my wife, we, we go back and forth whether or not we... We want to go in military housing or not. It all depends on the job. Yeah. Uh, for this job that I and have. I don't it, have children, so that changes it too. So. Exactly. So this job that I have up here at Fort Polk, it, it doesn't, I have very set schedule. So I know when I have to go in as opposed to a regular army unit. I could be going in at any point in time, uh, all hours of the day, night, whatever the case may be. I want to live close to post. So we looked into Leesville to try to stay close to post at first and honestly what we did was we googled crime rates so i checked out the crime rate in leesville oh no and then i checked out the crime rate at the next town over which in my mind was deritter rose pine was there but i didn't know about rose pine at the time uh and i compared it and the crime rate in deritter was way lower than leesville i mean astronomically lower i don't know what the case is now but at least at the time when i was looking at it that was the case so my wife and i were like okay we want to move to DeRitter then. So we were pretty much set on DeRitter before we even got here. My wife, on one hand, she was a little upset because she was used to her big city life over at JBLM. Before that, we were in Hawaii. You know, you got huge cities within 20, 30 minutes, uh, and lots of shopping and all that kind of stuff that a lot some people enjoy. Me personally, I like the, I grew up in this more DeRitter type area, at least the Ohio version of it. <laughs> so I'm more used to this. And I was actually kind of excited for myself. So that's one thing that you're going to have to get used to if you come down here is the, the amenities just aren't as plentiful as you would have right. at other duty stations. It's just the fact that the and, fact, and the, fact and that the biggest town we have is Evans and it's way over there. So like, yeah, there <laughs> Evans. Jeez, yeah, no, that was Sorry, a joke, was, by the yeah. way, <laughs> those people from here, they'll know that, but <laughs> So anyways, we, we, we decided to move down here to DeRitter. Me personally, it was awesome for me because there was lots of, you have around about an hour radius, you have so many places to fish because I love to fish. If you're into hunting, there were so many places to hunt. Uh, and the very fact that where we ended up finding our house at, you know, we're about five minutes from Walmart, which ain't too bad. So my wife can go ahead and do whatever shopping that she wants to do without going out of the way. She doesn't like to drive. And for me, I have all this different outdoor activities that i normally right. like to do and that's essentially the number one selling point that we had on it and that's why we settled here but as we started living here what i really enjoyed about deritter was one the the people that i started slowly kind of falling in love with i love the people here they were home down uh hometown down to earth type people what separated DeRitter once we actually moved here and we got here and we sat down and we started, you know, kind of planting our roots down, roots, sorry, I know, <laughs> Ohio, but started planting our roots down here, we really started falling in love with the people. And it wasn't so much in the fact that, you know, the, the people are nicer here than anyone else, which honestly they are. I, I can tell you being stationed in Washington, Hawaii, right. all these, not digging on those other places too much. But well, the they're people not here, here so. yeah. But the people here are are just genuinely 
very nice cordial. And, uh, cordial cordial people it was very yeah. awesome it was very weird for my wife to get used to you know she's an island girl she grew up on an island her entire life and you can liken that to california because it was very much like california she it was weird for her to see to she walk down the guam right she grew up in guam but like yeah. i said so many people from guam travel back and forth from california so it's almost like an island version of california <laughs> Uh, but with right. an island flair, obviously, they, keep, they try to oh, keep yeah. the culture there alive. But essentially, having someone say hello to you when you're walking down the road or just uh, going shopping or something like that was very weird for her. <laughs> she, she, that was totally not her style. And it can almost come off as rude when somebody doesn't respond. And I had to talk with yeah. her about that and explain it to her. But essentially, what I'm getting at with all this is a lot of there's a lot of connotation with military towns. Yeah. Leesville is probably closer to a military town, yeah. though, than what DeRitter is. And that's what I'm really right. trying to get out of this, was the fact that DeRitter, they love the military. They respect the military. Honestly, I get nothing, but if I have to go, you know, coming home from coming home from work and I'm in my uniform and I go to Walmart, you get a lot of the thank you for your services. And we don't, and you know, you're a veteran. Yeah. We don't do it for that. But it is nice to hear that uh, when you're in a military town, they kind of take you for yeah. granted in yeah. a way, and they forget about or, that. Yeah, everybody is. A, yeah, everybody's either in the military or they've seen it so much and they're sick yeah. and tired of it. Or just, or just another person. But down yeah. in Deritter, that's only thirty yeah. minutes away. They essentially didn't never never really lost that. Uh, at least not in everybody, and that's what I noticed. And that was one thing that my wife and I really liked about Deritter was while we're in the military and you can almost call this a military town because it is within fort polk's spectrum of you know where fort polk pays money out to school districts and stuff they give money to deritter to leesville and so forth and so on you don't feel like you're in a military town here right you feel like almost like you're in a separate entity almost like you almost have like your civilian life now and you have your right. military life and especially i know especially you of having a job that's not as uh like gung-ho normal is you, you have like you were saying earlier you have more of a laid-back type job yeah if, you, so if that laid-back type job plus deritter almost makes you feel like like you know it's, it's even a greater feel it, for it was real nice and i know how military people love to separate their personal life from their military life they want a section of their oh, life right. where they yeah. feel like the military is just not running everything and deritter offers that blue that. line they want to drive over that blue line exactly. in the navy it was a blue line you drive off to get a uh, base as soon as you cross over that blue line you're not on base anymore and that was great <laughs> and that's essentially what deritter is like yeah. when you're leesville and i'm not digging on leesville for anybody here but when you're in leesville you feel like you're in a military town you still feel like you're on base when you right. come into deritter you, you don't feel that you don't get that vibe anymore at least not for me and other people that i've talked to and i think that's why a lot of military that can do it will just go ahead and make the 30 minute drive and like you said if you're coming here and you're going to be a, if you're a military guy and you're going to be part of jrtc ops group knowing that you have a predictable schedule meaning a schedule that's forecasted out a year in advance so you gen generally know when you are going to have to be in the field or in at work uh, as opposed to a normal duty unit for anybody non-military out there if you're in a normal active duty unit you have no idea your work hours you have no idea when you're going to the field it could pop up almost randomly you know a couple days right. out but having that predictability and schedule and allows the, you to live this far away exactly yeah. and you can comfortably live 30 minutes away and i've known dudes who've lived in mil you know who, who are in active duty units choose to live 30 45 minutes away i don't know how they personally do it i can't do it but you know that's on them good on them so if you want to google it look up san diego 32nd street naval station right is way down in south san diego or it's in the south of the city 
in National City, but there was guys who lived in Temecula, which was an hour and 45 minutes away, and they rode their motorcycles in. I don't know how. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how they did that. But So <clears throat> Deritter is um, it's a different town, obviously, it's than Leesville or Rose Pine or um, eh, yeah, it's different than Rose Pine, but even though it's right there adjacent to it. But uh, I was told one time by a man that if JRTC or Fort Polk, the Army, Uncle Sam said, no more Fort Polk, boom, gone. They just pulled it and put it somewhere else. That Derrida would be okay. That at the end of the day, I mean, it would hurt a lot of jobs and stuff like that. And a lot of people would move. And I mean, Green Acres would be empty. <laughs> yeah. Like, but Green Acres, the, <laughs> yeah. That's the, but it would it'd military, be fine. That's because, the military section of Derrida. <laughs> uh, but it would be fine because of the industry with the logging and with the industry of of the offshore and everybody who works in line work or everybody who works all over. Ragley is blowing up right now. I mean, there's. There's we're having, we're working like crazy as for what I do we're working down there all the time the houses you drive to Lake Charles and Ragley's blowing up so I think Beauregard'd be fine but I think Leesville would take a hit if they moved Fort Polk and so you, like you were saying it's more of a of an active duty town where Le- Dritter's kind of almost more of a retirement town I would say so that even all my neighbors where I live at uh, specifically. There's a lot of retired military there, a lot of retired SAR majors, retired first SARNs, E7s. You know, you see officers, a whole bunch of different ranks. All They're either retired or they're retired and then currently working at JRTC yeah. in like role play or Valiant or one yeah. of the contracting companies. The GSs and whatnot, yeah. yeah. So um, I've also mentioned to you the other day when we was talking about this, about the people who, well, like like you're, you're about to leave. Uh, mm-hmm. You leave next month. and Sadly, yes. And you're heading to... Fort Jackson. Uh, Shaw Air oh, yeah. Force Base. Okay, so Columbia, South Carolina. Yep. Heading that way. And um, and I wanted to get you in here for that, but we we were talking about how a lot of people will leave Derrida, Fort Polk, go to Fort fill-in-the-blank, retire, and then have the Army move them back here. Mm-hmm. And it seems like... If you're in your first four years or first 10 years in the Army, that Derrida is, or Fort Polk, we'll say Fort Polk, that Fort Polk is not somewhere you want to go. No, it's it's considered one of the least desirable duty stations. I, I even remember the day that I came down on orders for Fort Polk, and I kind of oh, rolled no. my eyes. I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, because you've only heard, everybody in the military, they've only heard the stories, but what a lot of people don't realize is... That once people get to Fort Polk and then they actually start, especially if they work in ops group. Uh, if you're in Tenth Mountain, I'm sorry, that that's probably miserable. But <laughs> uh, no, not digging on Tenth Mountain. Those, those are actually a good group of soldiers. There's no mountains here. I mean, it's miserable. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, uh, but if you're in ops group, like a lot of people end up coming down here and then they love it. And so it's hard to get people down here. They'll try to find ways to get out of their orders and all this different yeah. stuff. But once they get down here, they realize. Not that bad. One, how awesome this job is, uh, being an OCT at JRTC, and oh, two oh, acronyms. Oh, sorry, uh, Joint Readiness Training Center. OCT uh, Observer Coach Trainer. Okay. Uh, so they love; they'll end up loving that job, and they'll love the area, especially if you are an outdoors person. Outdoors right. people thrive here. Yeah. Between the hunting, the fishing, the well, recreation, sportsman's paradise. It is a sportsman paradise. It's on the license plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And, so. and it's really good. Not to mention also, it, Fort Polk is one of the more desirable places to retire out of 
this is like almost like a not a very well kept secret, but a lot of people don't know about it. Just Louisiana in general has a very good VA that takes care of people. And when I say I don't know about the inner workings of the VA, because obviously I'm not retired, so I can't tell you anything about that. But I know the VA, a lot of people come out of Fort Polk with better percentages of retirement from the VA than they do on other duty stations or other posts. Right. And also the state of Louisiana in general has a very good uh, relationship on, on veteran benefits. So well, there's Pineville, which is the arm or the VA hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Alexandria area, Pineville. And then now um, there's the one, there's the VA clinic. I would, I've used the word clinic cause I don't know of another word to use for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I may be wrong. So please don't hate me. But right there off Fort Polk, right behind, um, right off Entrance Road, back kind of off in the woods somewhere. I, yep. I'm not exactly sure. I could I could drive you there, but I can't tell you where it's at. <laughs> um, but then now Lake Charles is really starting to build up their VA. So there there is that. There is that opportunity. And, of course, Houston's not too far away for that. Um, so I can see why people would retire here. But it just seems kind of strange that – they would go somewhere else and then come back here to retire. They would not stay where they are, but I mean, it makes an impact. I've been here for ten years, and I've joked that I prayed every day to God to get me back out of here. Yeah. But, but I mean, realistically, I miss the mountains of North Georgia, West North Carolina. I do, and anybody from Colorado is laughing at me right now. But I, I miss those Appalachian mountains, and and if it wasn't for the people here. I would. I probably would have left already. And I know? think that's one of the bigger selling points is the people. Like I said, the generosity that I got shown when I came here, I didn't get viewed. Yeah, they always call me a Yankee, make fun oh, of me. Yeah, you know, yeah. but it's they it's, call it's, me Yankee. I'm from it, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get ribbon, especially at uh, uh, Mount Olive Baptist Church, was the church that I attend. They will always rib on me for being a Yankee almost all the time. But right. there's there. That's what it is. It's it's ribbing. They're not yeah saying it with any hateful scorn in mind. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, my wife, on the other hand, if you didn't know, my wife is of Asian descent. She was very afraid of uh, racism because let's, I'm, yeah. you know, if you if you've been raised here your entire life, you might not know this. The South has a connotation uh, for racism. Oh yeah, uh, from the media and just the you know movies and all this kind of stuff that you see. So she was very worried about that coming down here. That was a real worry. And when she got down here, it kind of blew her mind that she experienced absolutely zero racism. And nobody treated her differently. Uh, in fact, they were probably almost enthused to see somebody yeah. different coming down and talking. And we, we've we experienced none of that whatsoever, which was awesome. I mean, it's there. It happens. but And that's going to be everywhere, probably. And that is everywhere. That's another thing I was about to say. Is, uh, the, I, the, I used to joke when I was in the Navy that the difference between the South and everywhere else is the South is a little more vocal about what they believe. But everybody else is... I mean, they tend to, there's those places everywhere you go. I mean, it's just unfortunate. And Christina, when she moved here in 92, they were, when they left Alaska coming here, uh, they were told the same thing. And mm-hmm. so she was scared to death too about it. But it got here, it was a little different. But, but you know, there's a lot of things. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? Um, so moving here as an active duty. So if someone is listening to this because they – are you know some like you said someone might be searching to find out some information they somehow happen to come across this podcast mm-hmm. and they're heading this way um and they're nervous like you are you know just just what i mean what are you what would you want to say to them if they're happen to be listening to that you know what i mean 
That makes sense. No, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what I would, what I would say. I would just honestly, I would say one, embrace the attitude around here. Number one, the food is amazing. Don't be afraid to try different food because they have yeah. a totally different food here that you're not going to find anywhere else in the United States. Trust me, I've been stationed all over the place, especially if you're a newer soldier. They have food down here that you would not get anywhere else. Try the food, especially yeah. crawfish. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, talk with the people here because a lot of the people here have amazing stories. Some of the best relationships that I've developed since getting here have been with older folks who have lived here almost a majority of their lives. And just the conversations that I had with them back and forth is just some of the, I want to say edifying, but I don't even know if that's the right word. It, it's just some of the most enjoyable conversations. You can just kick back, just talk it out with people and just have a good conversation. And so don't be afraid to do that. And then obviously I, if you, if you heard, you know, I'm very big into church. I like going to church. Plenty of churches in Durander to go to. I think there's. I don't know if it's confirmed or not. Well, I don't know if this is the Guinness anymore, but I, I need that's something I need to look yeah, into. At, yeah. at one point, I guess it was this for was sure. At one point, yeah, yeah, the Guinness Book of World Records Most for churches per, per capita. capita of people in the in the city. I so think. there's a whole bunch of churches, but so do your research. Obviously, I'm big on that. Before you pick a church, do your research. Visit it a couple times before you make a commitment. But the local churches down here are so big, number one, into helping the military out. They're very welcoming to the military community. And number two, uh, many of them are also very big in community efforts, volunteering, just helping out the community. Uh, so if you're a military person that likes to volunteer, because there's a lot of them that do, the churches are a great opportunity for you to volunteer through as well. And there's plenty of, like, it's kind of hard to say this, but say it the right way like where i'm from the what brings people to town is the the beauty of the mountains mm -hmm. especially in october you know or the lakes and everybody goes fishing or everybody goes hiking or everybody you know has a boathouse or whatever people from atlanta got way too much money and they buy like four boathouses or whatever and but and when it comes to a town like this it's not you're not going to be drawn in by the the, the fall foliage, yeah. you know that that stuff. So what what the this type of town, and I think I don't know if it has a name. You know, it's like it's got that it's got that feel to it, like it's South Georgia. If you're if you're from South Georgia, Dritter is almost exactly the same, except it, the food. You know, like it's yeah. different. But the the um, it, it's the festivals. It's the like we're coming up on the Miracle on Washington Street. Oh, and That's they always deal. do for a small town. They are always doing something different yeah. here, whether yeah. it's the Miracle on Washington Street, which is a Christmas like parade festival type First thing. Saturday, in, uh, you know, they December, got the Watermelon right? Festival. Yeah, you yeah. got the Beauregard County Fair, or Parish. sorry, Parish Beauregard <laughs> Parish Fair down here. <laughs> that took me some getting used to. By yeah. the way, if you're if you're military list of this, it's not it's counties not here. Counties it's Parish. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it it and like you were saying, the people are the selling point for this right. town, and and. Honestly, I can say with a full heart that this is going to be the hardest goodbye out of any military area that I have ever been stationed at. I've never made the connections with people anywhere else in the United States Army than I did right here in DeRitter. Right. That's. I mean, when I was in San Diego, there was, you know, what, two, three million people. And so, you know, the majority of the people there are, you know descendants of military people so it's it's there's a very big disconnect there and here 
Here, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's military is everywhere. Even though I don't see it on the regular basis because I don't I don't drive north. I, I leave. I drive over. I don't. I've been working in Moss Bluff, you know, regularly for the last you know six months. But you know, I, I drive south. But you know, if you drive north, you run into it more and more as you get up there. But it's there's still a lot of it. And 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 if you're in town and in your local, um, you know, just. Grab a hold of some military people. And let them know. Hey, you know, is there any questions you have? It's so weird to like if, if you're obviously if you're oh, not because we type won't of person, usually we don't initiate. And I'm glad yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Just the nature, especially those who are not getting into the whole PTSD thing and combat vets. Right. So military, we're usually closed off people. Well, for the there's most different part. personalities. There, there's different yeah. personalities, but we're comfortable in our own skin. We're comfortable around other military people. Right. But then we always have this connotation condenta- of outsiders in the military town that aren't associated with the military like you said grab them up talk yeah, to yeah, them yeah yeah especially if you have if you're akin to that type of uh ability to just walk up to somebody talk to them you know let them know hey you know yeah hey did you know there's a festival this weekend did you know that in two weeks there's this you know and it seems kind of weird and if you're not if that's not your personality then don't do it but if it is your personality don't be afraid to mention that stuff because you know right now there's only one paper and it's only once a week, and so, and I don't know how many people still read it. You know, like I don't know if they're, I don't know if anybody. I mean, I'm sure they do. My neighbor does. He's also 86 though, but <laughs> he he gets yeah. the paper every week, and he'll go through and read it. I mean, me personally, I I, I don't, and I probably should, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't read it much, like that very much. But, um, but so I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you uh, giving your perspective, and and. I hope to get more people in here. I have um, some ideas for for future episodes and and stuff, and this is just one opportunity that you're about to leave, and and this is a chance for me to you to sit down again and do another episode. We've done a bunch on the other ep- podcast, but together, and this is a chance for us yeah. to sit down and do it again. So, and honestly, if the the Lord wills it, I will be a hundred percent on board if He decides to move me back here at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. uh, no lie on there. Yeah. You like it that much? It's a good spot. It is. It is not the worst place to live. I promise you that. <laughs> no. And one last thing I want to say on the people is they look out for you here. Uh, they will look out for you when the hurricanes hit. We talked about the hurricanes and all that stuff. The amount of people I saw driving around asking, "Hey, do you need you know? Do you need me to cut anything with a chainsaw? You guys good? Checking yeah. up on you? Neighbors coming over, knocking on the door? All these different things. These people look out for you." Uh, when you're gone and you go away on leave and you decide to drive home far away somewhere, neighbors will be checking on the house for you all the time yeah. and they'll call you and take pictures for you. I've had that done. It, it, It's just that awesome sense of community here. Right, yeah. And it's a good place. I mean, it's uh, people stay here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's good. Uh, but so everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening to another episode of the Dritter Podcast. Um, I hope, I'm not going to promise that we're going to do this every week, and I'm not going to promise that we'll do it once a month. But I would like to do it as much as possible and to get it to get it rolling to do this. Um, have a couple sponsors and uh, and just trying to help them out in their businesses and stuff. And uh, but please check them out and uh, make sure that you let them know that you heard about them here on the podcast. Also, uh, on Facebook, the Deritter Podcast Facebook page. If you go on the, that and you click on the word podcast, that should be in there somewhere. You can actually listen to this episode through Facebook. And you can listen to it on Spotify, 
iTunes or Apple Podcast and what's the other one? Google Play or mm-hmm. Google Podcast. Go on yeah. those. Uh, you can literally Google the Dritter Podcast and listen to it off the, off of the search engine, which is kind of cool. However, I don't know that if you lock your phone screen out, if you can still listen to it. I don't really know, mm-hmm. but I do know that if you're uh, if you bring it up on Facebook and you lock your home screen out, you can still listen to it. It doesn't. Yeah, Facebook has podcasts now, which is yeah, great. They stepped up on that one. On it. Yeah. yeah, all the podcast pages are like, hey, look what Facebook. Just I know did. on my so, personal podcast, my 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 listens actually jumped up a little bit. Not an astronomical amount. I'm not very popular, but you know, it jumped up a little bit with Facebook. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, we get the other kid in here soon. And I say kid because he's a kid. I'm forty, almost forty three, and he's he's a young young guy. So uh, we get him in here, and uh, if you have any ideas, any um, any kind of direction, if you don't like it, and you think we can improve, you know, send us a message, and uh, you know, we're we're trying to do this the right way. I'm trying to. Well, this is for the community. Yeah. I'm trying to to honor the town the way that um, I think honestly that every town should have a podcast about the town. About great. the history and stuff, I think that would be really cool. So maybe we can get this fired up for everybody. But I can't wait to hear those history episodes. Yeah, and uh, no offense to Leesville, uh, that all the bad stuff that was talked about them. Today. No, I, no, for <laughs> real. It, I don't want to give a negative comment because when I actually got there and I noticed Leesville was so much more than one strip of a town, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, there's good places in Leesville to live. Uh, like, <laughs> so when I first moved here, I hated it, and the two reasons I hated it the most fixed they fixed both of them and then the main one was that that four lane through the middle of town yeah it was just so hard to get through and i don't remember what the other one was off the top of my head but i do remember that they fixed the two things and so now it ain't too bad you know i don't call it sleesville anymore i call it leesville like it's supposed to be <laughs> and uh but anyway if you're coming to town and you've never been here before watch out cops get you in rose pine and oh, Ulano yeah. and billy goat hill they like to uh they they will get you. They don't. They're not afraid. They're really good at keeping you safe from speeding. <laughs> oh yes, yes. So I don't even go one mile and over in Rosepine. <laughs> right. So anyway, if you're big into fishing, uh, there's plenty of that. Big into hunting, there's plenty of that. Uh, if you like to hunt wild pigs, my lord, you are in the right place. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, you guys get a, a have a good Thanksgiving. Actually, this won't drop until after Thanksgiving. So hopefully, y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Hopefully you guys are uh, in, getting ready to enjoy the SEC championship. My Georgia Bulldogs against the Alabama team that's been there. I'll too be many cheering times. for your Bulldogs for that one. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I guess we'll close it down. Appreciate it. Thank you guys, and uh, y'all have a wonderful day.